Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God didn't say to Adam and Eve, out of the garden, never want to talk to you again, have a nice life. No, he comes with them and he begins to talk with them and he helps them do life again. You need to know this morning that we don't need to allow the world to squeeze us into its negative, self-centered, God-neglecting, hope-ignoring, and biblically absent view of marriage and life. No, God cares about your marriage. It's not uncommon to feel like God just has it out for you sometimes and that divorce seems like it should be the easy way out. But don't ignore his promises. The scripture is clear on God's design and intentions for marriage. So why would he set you up to fail? Today, Pastor Mark encourages listeners to remain steadfast in their fight towards marital intimacy. The Lord knows it's a battle and he expects you to walk with him through it every step of the way. Don't be deceived by the lies of this world. God cares for your marriage. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew with his continuing study entitled, God Cares for Your Marriage. destroyed the intimacy that they had together. But it didn't just destroy this intimacy. It destroyed Adam and Eve's intimacy. I mean, how would you as the wife feel when your husband said, she caused it, God? See, it broke the oneness that God designed. It broke the oneness. Hiding from God because we're guilty, is not the solution. So here's what I want you to write. We must fight Satan by admitting our sins. In other words, don't blame others, don't hide, and quit making excuses. This is so common in marriage, and of course in the whole world. Most of us simply won't take responsibility for who we are and what we've done. Let me remind you of a principle. I can't be forgiven for an excuse. Did you hear me? I can only be forgiven when I confess. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, then... He's faithful. Confess simply means agreeing with God. 
I can make all the excuses in the world. God, I did this because of this. This person tempted me over here. And I have a, a second cousin on the third side that gave me that trait. I mean, man. Now, keep your finger there. And quickly turn back to Matthew 19. Matthew 19. Let's go down to verse 7. Let's pick it up. And I want you to see this morning. You see, men perish because they don't know the truth. You're going to see a great truth today that our world doesn't have a clue about. They're just clueless. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus modifies it a little bit. Notice verse 8. Jesus replied, Moses didn't command, but Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. Circle these next five words in your Bible and never forget it. Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. Circle it. Because your hearts were hard. So... I now know why the majority of divorce. Then Jesus says something powerful, but it was never this way in the beginning. In other words, your hearts got hard. Then he says this, I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness, pornea, all kinds of stuff, and marries another woman simply commits Adultery, And they knew, one of the Ten Commandments, that adultery was a sin. Now, if you want to write a statement down, you already have it in the Bible, but if you want to write it, I encourage you to do it. The Bible tells us that a hard heart was the original cause for divorce. Well, the thing that should come to my mind is, number one, what's a hard heart look like? And what do I do to prevent having a hard heart? Because we know that God hates... Divorce. Divorce destroys homes. If I had these two pieces of paper, and I don't have time to do it today, but I glue them together, that's a marriage, husband and wife. See, what the world says is, well, you just need to separate. It's no problem. It's just cool. It's real easy. No, if this was, if this was glued together, you can't do that. When you separate it, you just tear and rip. Well, you're not ripping paper. You're ripping people's hearts. In the middle of that, it kids. And we'll hear this stupid lie from Satan. Well, our kids are fine from the divorce. Didn't hurt them at all. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It destroys our kids. Yes, they can be refixed. But don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Now, God hates divorce. But he loves divorced people. Divorce is not the unpardonable sin. So if you're out there today... God says, let me show you how not to have a hard heart. Don't listen to the things of the enemy. But if you've already failed, God takes you where you're at. And he begins to change us and forgive us and offer us grace. There isn't anybody in this room that hasn't failed. So here's eighth key expectation from God. God expects us to keep our hearts soft. You see, if you go out to a medical thing today, and of course, you know, my field was there, and of course, I've had open-heart surgery. If you say something with a hard heart, we're not talking about a heart that's pumping in my heart right now. Boom, boom, boom. not talking about that heart. We're talking about the core being of us. Look at Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart. You, 
Guard your heart. Above all else, for it determines the course of life. It's, it's that inner sense of us that God speaks to. It's the real me. It's the real you. It's not my physical heart. See, how, how would I keep a hard heart? Today, after I had open heart surgery, of course, I, I was pretty healthy before, but I know what to do to keep that plaque from forming on that crazy artery in the heart. I know what to do. I got all these things that I take and healthy things that I eat healthy most of the time, pretty good stuff and whatever. Just like you, I exercise. I exercise religiously. I do. That doesn't mean just on Sunday. Oops, sorry. And uh, so I have a soft arteries. Well, what about spiritually? What do I do not to have a hard heart? How does that work? If hard heart is the reason for divorce, then what can I do as a believer? What can I do? Let me give you two keys this morning. Number one, living in obedience produces a soft heart. So living in disobedience produces a hard heart. See, a hard heart doesn't happen instantaneously. It happens over time. Look at this scripture, Hebrews 3.15. Remember what it says, today when you hear his voice, you, Mark Balmer, don't harden your heart, Mark Balmer, as Israel did when they continued to rebel over and over and over and over again in the Old Testament. As you're hearing the word today, what do I do about not keeping a hard heart? What's the danger? The danger is listening to this and go, that sounds really nice, but that's not doable. There's no way that I can be the spiritual leader of the home. Well, no, that's right. You're calling God a liar. Sure you can be. No, there's just no way for my marriage really to be the way it should be. Yes, there is. Quit doubting God. Nothing's impossible with God. So when I hear God's word, I have a responsibility to either obey it or disobey it. See, over time, and we'll get to this in Zechariah. Notice this verse in Zechariah. I think it's very, very insightful. Zechariah 7, 12. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen to the law or to the words that the Lord Almighty had sent by his spirit through his earlier prophets. So the Lord Almighty was very angry. You've walked in this building today. You're watching by internet. You were just surfing and now you're watching this. People all over the world are watching it. Well, what are you being confronted with today? The love of God and the word of God. And God's saying to you, if you just simply obey this, your heart will remain soft. And you will not divorce. And your life will work right. You young people, you say, well, Pastor Mark, I love this guy. Is he a believer? Well, no, not really. Well, then you're disobeying God. Is there a problem coming? There's disaster coming for you. There's disaster coming from you. Now, God will forgive you, but sin, you're going to see in a moment, has consequences. Well, understand, every person is flawed. Every marriage is flawed because we're humans. So that brings up the second thing that's going to cause me a hard heart or a soft heart. Here it is. Living in forgiveness produces a soft heart. If I don't forgive, my heart gets hard. Ephesians 4, 26, 27, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give notice the devil a foothold. Where is the devil? For married couples, the devil's in your bedroom. Did you know that? God's there. So what does it mean? Well, it means this. 
And everybody in this room has disobeyed Ephesians 4.26. And Vieira, you're no better. You've disobeyed it as well. If you're a married couple, you've disobeyed this. What do you mean, Pastor Mark? Well, if you've been married, I'm not talking about the first five days. Maybe you're on a honeymoon here in Vieira. Forget it. Oh, you'll get to it. You've gone to bed angry against your spouse. I guarantee every single person in this room has done that. So Pastor Mark, I didn't. I slept right in that bed. Yeah? Where'd you sleep? The two inches right on the edge of that bed. And why are you laughing? Because you're guilty. And I say this. Every single person in this room has done more than that. I guarantee you a husband and wife in this room, almost every single husband and this wife in this room, they know what a couch feels like during the night. Is that right? Yeah? You left the bed, and you went to sleep in another room. Not because your spouse was sick, because you were what? Angry! I want you to write something down I came up with this week. I didn't, excuse me, I didn't come up with it. I found it. It's powerful. L- listen to this. Write it down. I'll say it to you twice. Vera, I'll write it down. Going to bed angry is like wet cement because it hardens during the night. That's a keeper. Going to bed angry is like wet cement because in the morning you have to start chipping at it now because the division between my wife and myself has become more difficult to solve. That's why God says don't do it. Even if you just have to lay in bed and say, honey, I'm really angry right now. Let's pray. We're not going to resolve it now. We're too tired. We'll do it in the morning. That's the right way to do it. In fact, notice Romans 12 says, if it possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It takes two people to make a marriage work, but I'm responsible alone for the condition, watch me, of my heart. Now, back to Genesis chapter 3. We know that sin has consequences. God said to Adam and Eve, you blow it, there's consequences. In verses 14 through 20, I'm going to just go through them very quickly. I'm not going to go through the verses. We know this. First of all, God said to the serpent and gave all those things and then provided a solution. But then God said to Eve, Eve, childbirth will be painful. She would then be subject to her husband. And she would try to overrule that. See, none of that was there before. So this all this big deal about submission and not giving in, who's the leader of the home, and the feminist movement, all that, just all this came because Eve sinned. Adam and Eve together before, they didn't have any of those issues. Well, he goes to Adam and he says, Adam, because you disobeyed me deliberately, you know, the ground that you already were working on, work is not a sin, don't go to God with that. Adam and Eve were already working in the garden, but there was no thorns there was no weeds. Their garden was beautiful. He says to Adam, it's going to be tough now. You're going to have to sweat at work. And then he said to Adam and Eve, you know, I told you you would die. You've already died spiritually. You're separated from me, but you will die physically. But then God gave a glimpse, not only the promise before, but a glimpse of what he would do to cure my problem and yours. Look at Genesis 3. 21. And the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Look up at me. How do you make garments of skin? You have to kill an animal. And when you kill the animal, you make garments of skin. 
You see, by that verse, you can just write this word, salvation. This is no longer religion. This is God's solution to man's sin. You see, the penalty of sin is death. So God said to Eve, she had this fig leaves here and here. He says, take it off. Adam, take it off. I'm going to cover you with my righteousness. That's a sermon that I could preach, but I don't have time. You see, you can't do anything about your sin problem. And that's why, listen, when this animal was killed, it was a picture of the Lamb of God, Jesus, that would come and be slain for the sins of the whole world. Oh, it's a beautiful picture. So Jesus is pictured here in that verse. We'll look at verse 22. And the Lord said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take from the tree of life and eat forever. Now why? They're in their sin nature. If they eat from the tree of life, they will forever be sinners. So in God's grace, he says in verse 23, So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work from the ground from which he had been taken. And after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. And Adam lay with his wife Eve. She became pregnant, gave birth to Cain, and she said, With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. I want you to write this statement down. Adam and Eve sinned, but they didn't divorce. You see, they blew it big time. But they did not divorce. God says, I'm going to take care of you. He sets them out. He gives them an opportunity. They go back to obeying God. Why? They have sexual relations with each other. They bring forth children. So ninth expectation you need to write today is this. God expects us to know that he cares about our marriages. God didn't say to Adam and Eve, out of the garden, never want to talk to you again, have a nice life. No, he comes with them, and he begins to talk with them, and he helps them do life again. You need to know this morning that we don't need to allow the world to squeeze us into its negative, self-centered, God-neglecting, hope-ignoring, and biblically absent view of marriage and life. No, God cares about your marriage, and he cares about my marriage. Here's a picture of how it's supposed to be. God designed us. He designed our marriage. He's here to direct you and to direct your marriage on the Melbourne campus in Vieira. And he is here to empower me, first to be the spiritual leader of that home. Same for all of you men here in Vieira. He is able to do that. And he's able to you wives to work together with that husband and be a team. He'll empower you to do what he's asked you to do. We don't have to fight for our marriages alone. God is always here. And he is going to change our marriages on this campus in Vieira so that we can give a black eye to Satan in Brevard County. God cares for your marriage. He will take marriages that are dead and resurrect them by the power of God. There's nothing impossible with God today. Don't sit here and limit God's power. Marriage is the foundation. We don't have to be like Europe. We can be different. And it starts one home at a time. And it's yours. And it's mine. We can just say to Satan, 
You thought you had trouble out there out west? Watch what's going to happen in Brevard County. As we live and we meet people, you will meet someone this week. And in the area, you do the same. And someone's going to say, you know, I'm married. I'm getting ready to divorce. Or just, you can say to them, hey, get this series. Let me give you something. I want you to listen to this. God can save your marriage. See, unless we believe in and live it, certainly we can't say it. God cares about your marriage this morning. He'll change us. He's in the process of doing it right now. So number 10, you want to make this. This is our last statement. Marriage is a lifelong journey. And God expects us to enjoy the trip. Come on. Get with it. Don't just be hearers of the word. A couple were celebrating their golden anniversary. Been married 50 years. And a reporter from town was here at the party. And he said to the man, can can you tell me how in the world, what is the secret of your long and happy marriage? And man said, well, it started back on our honeymoon 50 years ago. We visited the Grand Canyon and we saw this advertisement and we took this kind of mule train that went down into the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And he said, we hadn't gone too far. We were both on our mules and the My wife, who was in front of me, her mule stumbled. And I heard her quietly say into the mule's ear, that's once. We just kept going on and we moved on a little farther and we were about another half mile down and all of a sudden the mule stumbled again. And I heard my wife just quietly in the mule's ear go, that's twice. Said, I didn't think anything of it. We move along. He said, we're almost at the bottom and the poor mule stumbled again. It was really narrow. He said, the next thing happened is my wife promptly got off the mule and shot him dead. (laughs) And he said, I looked at Chuck. Everybody else looked at Chuck. I looked at Chuck at her and was going to start to protest. I said, what in the world are you doing, woman? When she looked at me and she said, that's once. (laughs) How many know? What I'm talking about. You know in Vera. It's exactly right. Guys, there's got to be some enjoyment in our marriages. Look at last verse. Genesis 4, 26. What happened in this chapter 4? Well, here's what happened. Watch me as you turn there. Cain killed Abel and Cain had all these people. And they became the Canaanites. And they lived without God. They didn't want to have anything to do with God. They just lived without God. And then Seth came along, and he had a son. Notice, verse 26, Seth also had a son. He named him Enosh. Here's the part you want to catch. At that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. What happened? Cain said, we don't want anything to do with you, God. We're going to go do our own deal. Enosh and Seth said this, we can't do life We don't know how to do life. We need help from you, God. And so they turned to God for his help and his direction. That's how life is made, guys. We are designed this lifelong journey with God. Some of you this morning here in Vieira have never turned your life over to God. Don't be like the Canaanites and just go off and try to do your own thing. You simply say, God, I need you in my life. God cares for your marriage and expects you to enjoy it. Today, Pastor Mark taught us that as hard as it is to believe sometimes, 
God designed marriage for our own pleasure and fulfillment. While it is going to be a lifelong journey with many challenges, it should be one that is fun, meaningful, and spiritually rewarding. How can you change your view of marriage today to get more out of it and give more to your spouse? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Jesus was approachable, available, and had a godly reputation. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will get right to the point with the basics of Christian living. If Jesus is to be our model to follow after, can we say we embody his characteristics? Mankind has a need for a savior, and many people continue to search for meaning here on earth. Scripture states that Christ is the only one who can fill this void. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. See